Welcome to Zichud Avsi Ram Goldhar and Therim Zechaz Yavamas Daf Tzadi Tes, the eleventh parak Nosin Al Anusa. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one is Tan Nabraisa Ishvi Isha Pamim Shemolidin Chamish Umos. A man and a woman can sometimes beget children belonging to five different genealogical categories. How so? If a Jew purchased a non-Jewish Evid and a Shivcha from the market, meaning from a non-Jew. And they had two sons who were born to them previously, and one of the sons converted. It turns out that one of the sons is a ger, and the other is an idolater. If he immerses the Evid and Shivcha for the sake of conversion to slavery status, and they then have relations and have a son, we now have a third son that is an Evid. If the Jew then frees a Shivcha, and the Evid has relations with her, the fourth son will be a Mumzer. If the Jew then frees the Evid as well, who then marries the freed Shivcha, the fifth son will be Yisrael. The more explains that Rebbe is coming to inform us that an idolater or an Evid who has relations with a Jewish woman, the child born to them is a mumzer. Rebbe defines a mumzer as a child born from a relationship where Kedushin is in Tophes. Pointing to the next mission states, If a woman's child became mixed with her daughter-in-law's child and the children grow up, get married, and then die childless. Any one of the surviving definite sons of the daughter-in-law perform a chalitza with the two widows, but do not take them in yibum. Because there's a suffix if each widow might be their brother's wife, who is permitted to them, or their father's brother's wife, who is forbidden to them. The surviving definite sons of the elder woman may either do chalitza or yibum. Because there's a suffix whether each widow is their brother's wife or perhaps her brother's son's wife, both of whom are permitted. And pointing with you, the Mishnah states, If the child of a Kohen's wife got mixed with the child of her shivcha, and it's not known whose child belongs to whom, they may both eat truma, but they receive one portion of truma, the granary, which the more explains means that they receive a portion of truma, the granary, when they come as one. The mission is in accordance with Rabbi Yehuda, who taught, One does not distribute truma to an evid unless his master is with him. Therefore, neither child may come alone as they might be an evid. Rabbi Yossi says the child can say, If I'm a Kohen, give me truma based on that account. And if I'm an evid of a Kohen, give me on account of my master. The Gemara explains that where Rabbi Yehuda lived, they would elevate someone from the status of those to whom truma may be given to the status of one who has the correct yichus, meaning pure kohani. Therefore, he did not allow Truma to be given to an Evid. Where Rav Yossi lived, they would not elevate one status, and therefore, they would give an Evid Truma. So once again, the three points are, number one, it was taught in the umos. A man and a woman can sometimes beget children belonging to five different genealogical categories. How so? If a Jew purchased a non-Jewish Evid and a Shivcha from the market, meaning from a non-Jew, and they had two sons who were born to them previously, and one of the sons converted. It turns out that one of the sons is a ger, and the other is an idolater. If he immerses the Evid and Shivcha for the sake of conversion to slavery status, and they then have relations and have a son, we now have a third son that is an Evid. If the Jew then frees a Shivcha, and the Evid has relations with her, the fourth son will be a Mumzer. If the Jew then frees the Evid as well, who then marries the freed Shivcha, the fifth son will be Yisrael. The more explains that Rabbi Meir is coming to inform us that an idolater or an Evid who has relations with a Jewish woman, the child born to them is a Mumzer. Rabbi Meir defines a Mumzer as a child born from a relationship where Kedushin is in Tophes. Pointing to the next mission states, If a woman's child became mixed 
with her daughter-in-law's child, and the children grow up, get married, and then die childless. Any one of the surviving definite sons of the daughter-in-law perform a chalitza with the two widows, but do not take them in yibum. Because there's a suffix if each widow might be their brother's wife, who is permitted to them, or their father's brother's wife, who is forbidden to them. The surviving definite sons of the elder woman may either do chalitza or yibum. Because there's a suffix whether each widow is their brother's wife, or perhaps her brother's son's wife, both of whom are permitted. And pointing with you, the Mishnah states, If the child of a Kohen's wife got mixed with the child of her Shivcha, and it's not known whose child belongs to whom, they may both eat truma, but they receive one portion of truma, the granary, which the more explains means that they receive a portion of truma, the granary, when they come as one. The mission is in accordance with Rabbi Yehuda, who taught, one does not distribute truma to an evid unless his master is with him. Therefore, neither child may come alone as they might be an evid. Rabbi Yossi says the child can say, if I'm a Kohen, give me truma based on that account. And if I'm an evid of a Kohen, give me on account of my master. The Gemara explains that where Rabbi Yehuda lived, they would elevate someone from the status of those to whom truma may be given to the status of one who has the correct yichus, meaning pure kohani. Therefore, he did not allow truma to be given to an evid. Where Rav Yossi lived, they would not elevate one status, and therefore they would give an evid truma. All right, so now we go to our simadav tzaditess, and our standard simon is a cheetah. A cheetah. So here goes. The husband and wife start to use five different colored cheetah skins to distinguish their five different types of children after their neighbor's child got mixed up with her daughter-in-law's son, and the Cohen's wife child got mixed up with her shivcha son, forcing them to go together to get truma. As one. So once again, it's a motion. The husband and wife start to use five different colored cheetah skins. Cheetah skins? That must be run off. Tzaditas. Cheetah. The husband and wife start to use five different colored cheetah skins to distinguish their five different types of children, which reminds us that it was taught in Hebrew, a man and a woman can sometimes beget children belonging to five different genealogical categories, an idolater, a ger, an evet, a mumser, and a Yisrael. The Gemara proceeds how this is so, beginning when a Jew purchased a non-Jewish evet and a shivcha from the market, meaning from a non-Jew, and they had two sons who were born to them previously. So the husband and wife start to use five different colored cheetah skins to distinguish their five different types of children. Children. After their neighbor's child got mixed up with their daughter-in-law's son, which reminds us, the next mission states that if a woman's child became mixed with her daughter-in-law's child, and the children grow up, get married, and then die childless, any one of the surviving definite sons of the daughter-in-law perform a with the two widows, but do not take them in Yibum. Because there's a suffix of each widow, might be their brother's wife, who is permitted to them, or their father's brother's wife, who is forbidden to them. But the surviving definite sons of the elder woman may either do chalitza or yibum, because there's a suffix whether each widow is their brother's wife, or perhaps their brother's son's wife, both of whom are permitted. So the husband and wife start to use five different colored cheetah skins to distinguish their five different types of children. After their neighbor's child got mixed up with their daughter-in-law's son, and the Cohen's wife child got mixed up with their shivcha's son, forcing them to go together to get truma as one. Which reminds us, the next mission states, The child of a Cohen's wife got mixed with the child of her shivcha, and it's not known whose child belongs to whom. They may both eat truma, but they receive one portion of a truma at the granary, which the Gemara explains means that they receive a portion of truma at the granary when they come as one. 
The Mishnah is accordance with Rabbi Yudu taught in Choking Trumal Ebed Elin Ken Rabbo Imo. One does not distribute Truma to an Ebed unless his master is with him. Therefore, neither the child may come alone as they might be an Ebed. The Gemara explains that where Rabbi Yehuda lived, they would elevate someone from the status of those to whom Truma be given to the status of one who has the correct Yuchus, meaning pure Kohanim. Therefore, he didn't allow Truma to be given to an Evid. So once again, the husband and wife start to use five different colored cheetah skins to distinguish their five different types of children. After their neighbor's child got mixed up with their daughter-in-law's son, and the Cohen's wife's child got mixed up with their Shivicha's son, forcing them to go together to get Truma as one. All right, now it's time for Forbalabach Hazar. Dav Tzadi Hei. So the similar Dav Tzadi Hei is a Tzahal tank commander. So here goes. The tank commander's wife, tank commander's wife, that must learn Dav Tzadi Hei, Tzahal tank commander. The tank commander's wife, who returned home to her husband after he intentionally had relations with her sister, which reminds us, the Gemara seeks the source for the ruling that when a man intentionally transgresses the prohibition of having relations with his wife's sister, that his wife does not become prohibited to him. It was taught in Abraisa. The Pasuk states regarding the prohibition of a married woman who committed adultery, Osa, and a man lay with her. This teaches that her lying with a man prohibits her, but her sister's lying with a man does not prohibit her, referring to her sister having relations with her husband. The Bryce explains why this teaching was necessary. So, the tank commander's wife who returned home to her husband after he intentionally had relations with her sister, only to find him and her mother about to be burned for having relations with each other, which reminds us, in a Bryce Rabbi Yehuda argued with Rabbi Yossi and said both Beisham and Beisil agree that if a man had relations with his mother-in-law, his wife becomes forbidden to him, based on the passage regarding one who has relations with his mother-in-law, where it says, Beish Yisufu Osava Essen, in fire they shall burn him and them. The words and them refer to his wife and her mother. And since the Pasuk did not mean that his wife is also burned for she did nothing wrong, you must apply it with regard to a prohibition to teach that if a man has relations with his mother-in-law, his wife becomes prohibited to him. So the tank commander's wife who returned home to her husband after he intentionally had relations with her sister, only to find him and her mother about to be burned for having relations with each other, called her other two sisters for comfort who had just gotten divorced from their husbands because of a confusion arising from an overseas trip, which reminds us, the Mishnah Dab Tzadi Daudam base brought a case where a man's wife and brother-in-law went overseas and were reported dead, leading the man to marry his sister-in-law. They then reappeared, and the Tanakhama permits the first wife to return to her husband, but forbids his sister-in-law to return to her brother-in-law. Rabbi Yossi said, Anyone who disqualifies others disqualifies himself as well. And whoever does not disqualify others does not disqualify himself either. Where he explains what Yossi means that just as his brother-in-law's wife is prohibited to her husband, so to his wife is prohibited to him. So the similar is a town crier. So here goes. The town crier, town crier, that must mean we're on Daf Tzadivav, Tzav. The town crier who got knocked over by a miner running to do yibum while being chased by his adult brothers, which reminds us, the Gemara mends the mission to read that a miner disqualifies the brothers at the beginning with regard to an act of mimer, of a bia poselis but with regard to having relations, he disqualifies the adult brothers even when performed at the end. Rush explains that the mission is teaching that if he had relations with the Obama after a brother performed mimer, the brothers are disqualified since the miner's relations are considered the equivalent of an adult mimer. It disqualifies just like an adult mimer performed after a previous adult mimer disqualifies. 
So the town crier got knocked over by a miner running to do Yibum while being chased by his adult brothers, cried out that the other miner brother already beat him to it, which reminds us, if a boy of nine years in one day has relations with his Yavama, and afterwards his brother of nine years in one day also has relations with her, it's Malchokas on the coming Rabbi Shimon whether the second brother disqualifies the first brother from taking the Yavama in Yibum. So the town crier who got knocked over by a miner running to do Yibum while being chased by his adult brothers cried out that the other minor brother already beat him to it, quoting the halak in the name of the rabbi buried in the grave nearby, which reminds us. The Gemara relates that once Rabbi Yochanan was extremely upset with Rabbi Lazar, who stated a teaching of Rabbi Yochanan's without mentioning his name. Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimbar any deceased Tom Lechachim whose name is quoted in this world, his lips move in the grave. Rabbi Yochan was upset that Rabbi would deny him this benefit. Dav Tzadi Zayin. So the similar Dav Tzadi Zayin is a chess master. So here goes. The skinny 36-year-old, sorry, chess master, chess master, that must be one Dav Tzadi Zayin. The skinny 36-year-old, sorry, chess master, who never listened to his rabbi's advice to gain weight, which reminds us, a person who never spread a pubic hair, nor had the characteristics of a sorry, is considered a sorry when Rob Shnosov have passed, the majority of his years have passed, which is when he reaches the age of 36. And when people used to reach the age of 20, without spreading pubic hair, they would come to rub it and he would advise them. If they were thin, he would tell them, go gain weight. And if they are overweight, he would tell them, go lose weight, as being too lean or overweight can prevent the sprouting of pubic hair. So, the skinny 36-year-old, sorry, chess master, who never listened to his rabbi's advice to gain weight, played against a fierce opponent who married the sister of the woman he violated. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the 11th parak states, no One may marry the relatives of a woman who was violated or seduced by him, but one who violates or seduces the relatives of his married wife is chayev. The Gemara asks for the source for this ruling and brings a brace that states, In regard to all forbidden relations, which Rashi defines as arias, homosexuality, bestiality, the Torah speaks of lying with them. Whereas here, regarding the wife's relatives, the Torah speaks of taking them to teach us the Torah forbade relations only in the manner of taking, which means that when the Torah says not to take a woman and her daughter or not to take a woman and her sister, it's referring to a woman that was taken in marriage. It would not be forbidden to take the daughter or a sister of a woman that was violated or seduced. So the skinny 36-year-old, sorry, chess master, who never listened to his rabbi's advice to gain weight, played against a fierce opponent who married the sister of the woman he violated, while two proselyte brothers from the same father and mother refereed who were known as the sons of Mr. So-and-so. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates that the sons of Yud and the slave woman were freed, and Rav Alka Yaakov permitted them to marry each other's wives, referring to their widow. Rav said to him that Rav Shesh has prohibited such a marriage. They disagreed when they were paternal and maternal brothers. Rav Alka Yaakov permits them because people look at them primarily as paternal brothers and call them the sons of Mr. So-and-so. Whereas Rav Shesha says, people also call them the sons of Mrs. So-and-so. Dav Tzadiches, so the similar Dav Tzadiches is really to Tzchok, and we use a clown. So here goes. The clown, clown, that must be more Dav Tzadiches, Tzchok. The clown, hired to perform at the birthday party for twin boys, who were conceived after their mother converted, had them play Pin the Tail on the Donkey. Which reminds us, we went in Bryce that if there were twin brothers, to Tipa Achas where there was one drop of semen that divided into two, and therefore no question that they shared the same father, yet in the Seva where they were conceived not in Kedusha, but were born in Kedusha, they are not permitted to do Yibom or Chalitz for one another, because they are not considered related through the father. The Torah voids their paternity, as it's written, concerning the Mitzrim, Basachamorim Basar, their flesh is the flesh of donkeys, and their seed is the seed of horses. 
So the clown hired to perform at the birthday party for twin boys, who were conceived after their mother converted, had them play pin the tail on the donkey, and then only spoke twice. Which reminds us, Rabbi Kiva said that Kishbarko only spoke to Yonah twice, not three times, as a punishment for not wanting to fulfill Shem's will. When the word brings the Pesach, which refers to the time of Yerubim and Yoash, when the Kishbarko spoke to Yonah, which would be the third time, Ravina answered, Al iske Ninva Kama. Rabbi Kiva was saying that Shem did not speak to Yonah a third time regarding Ninva. He did speak to him again regarding other matters. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak said that he did not speak to Yonah again. And the Pasuk is saying, like the word of Hashem that had spoken to Yonah about Nineveh, just as Hashem's decree for Nineveh was overturned from bad to good, so too in the days of Yoravam, Hashem's decree was changed from bad to good. So the clown hired to perform at the birthday party for twin boys who were conceived after the mother converted had them play pin the tail on the donkey and then only spoke twice before he mixed up all the kids and sent each one home with a different mother. Which reminds us, the next mission teaches Chamish Nashim, if there were five women whose male children became mixed up and over time they grew into adults, were married and died childless, how did the brothers whose parentage was known deal with the widows? Four of them do chalitz with one of the widows and the remaining one does yibum. Then he and three other brothers do chalitz with another widow and so on. This results in four chalitzas and one yibum for each widow. Alright, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zich wishing you a great day and great learning.